welcome to Turn the Page, the official podcast of the Syosset Public Library. Um, this is Jessica, and I am here with two amazing co-hosts. Hello, I'm Jen. I'm Natalie. And we are really excited for this uh, episode. Uh, first of all, one of the guests is one of our favorite guests of all time, and we are welcoming oh. her back. And another of the guests is um, one of my favorite horror authors, and this is his first time on here. Uh, and they are going to be talking about something that is very near and dear to all three of our hearts, because we are all huge fans of um, the, I, I suppose, the original project that spawned this project and now this project itself. So uh, why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us about Slayers? Well, I'll, I'll jump in first, Chris. Um, and everyone, please... Please pardon my cold. I sound I sound like Kathleen Turner on a bender these days. Um, but uh, uh, my name is Amber Benson, and uh, I am an actor and a writer and a director. And uh, I dragged my friend Christopher Golden into the into the insanity of 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 making um, audio dramas uh, twenty years ago when we did a, a an incredible uh, program together called The Ghost of Albion, and then he dragged me into a Buffy audio drama uh, called Slayers uh, that we did for Audible. And I'm so happy to be back here on the podcast with you guys. And and uh, yeah, when it's your, introduce yourself, Chris, now that I've babbled. Yeah, uh, listen, for- <laughs> you're a very cheerful and energetic woman. <laughs> So I'm, you know, I'm Christopher Golden. Um, I, I've been uh, writing full time for 30 years, uh, uh, novelist and uh, sometimes screenwriter, comic book writer, and uh you know, writer of uh, uh, of all kinds of things now, and co-writer, <laughs> and co-director with Amber of Slayers, a Buffyverse story, an Audible original. Oh, you're uh, so good! You got the whole thing in. I know, I got it in there. You, you <laughs> the whole time, the whole title. They're very, they're uh, like, yeah, must. yeah. And and I uh, I also <laughs> feel like I should I should point out that uh, yeah, we have been working together for like 20 years. It might be longer. I mean, we were like four when we started, so. Well, you were. were. All right. You were 14 and I was four. That sounds weird. Fair. Um, Well, first of all, um, this is awesome. And uh, when we when we spoke, I think it was 2021, um, you had mentioned that there was a possibility of a secret project with Christopher. Was this (laughs) it? Yes. Yes. We've been working on this since what, 2019? Uh yeah. That like that's when it first started to come about. Yeah. So we could so basically we could say Slayers and Audible original. Um sneak peek hinted at, <laughs> at the page podcast. So yeah. Um so yeah, so that's amazing. I'm really excited to hear that. Um and as soon as I first heard about this I think Jen was the one who's like oh did you hear about the Slayers Mm -hmm. thing and I was like Christopher Golden and Amber Benson this has got to be the secret project (laughs) (laughs) it's not a secret anymore no that's true (laughs) it is out in the world Um, uh Amber just so you know I'm I'm looking it up right now wait that's not even right I was trying sorry go ahead I I was looking up to see when our first collaboration actually was published Um, oh my gosh found wrong information Ugh. Internet. Stop being 2001. Bad. Okay. April 2001. 
Wow. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's bomb. So there you go. <laughs> Are you trying to say we're old? <laughs> no, I'm old. You're you're a youngster still. Oh, I'm I am fully middle aged. I had to have my first colonoscopy. I was like, oh, that's 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 yeah. There we go. People love you because you will talk about anything. (laughs) I will, because because everyone needs to do it. It's very important. Absolutely, very important. Yeah, I assume you have a clean bill of health. Uh, (laughs) Should I talk? I mean, I I don't know yet. They they there was a little there was one polyp that they have to to look at. (laughs) But this is why it's important. Listen, it's really librarians understand. We do. We do public health. Yeah. Yeah. I have picture. I have picture of my colon, Chris. What did you say? They gave me pictures of my colon. I was like, I know. I I I I I have some of mine somewhere. Should I make this my Christmas card? I was like, like, Merry Christmas from Amber and her colon. Oh my god. Until I'm on cold medicine. I'm a little well everyone needs to do it 45 is the new minimum yeah. you hit 45 and they want you in there so oh, it's coming, it's important. Coming mammograms and colonoscopies we're old <laughs> The rest of this interview is now going to seem very anticlimactic, but to, be able to, follow, <laughs> to follow that up. Um, so as you said before, you have both written, done projects on your own and you have collaborated together as well on novels and on these sort of like scripted podcast, radio play type things. And I'm curious about like how those writing processes differ for you. Like, do you have a different approach for when you're doing this sort of like, um, like what really feels like a radio play as opposed to when you're writing a novel? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, you know, from my perspective, it's always different. I've collaborated with a number of different people um, and each of those collaborations is different. But I, there isn't anyone I've collaborated with uh, in such a broad spectrum of media or mediums, I guess, in this case, yeah. as I have with Amber. We've, we've worked on comics, we've written animation, we've w- wrote a screenplay, novels, a novella and, and audio drama now. And directed this together as well. So uh, every every medium is a different uh, discipline. You know, you have to learn a, a, a different way of doing things. But we did have a leg up in this because when we did Ghost of Albion 20-ish years ago, mm-hmm. it had to be able to be listened to <laughs> without the animation. So we had to sort of teach ourselves during that process what it means to try to tell a story with just dialogue and sound effects, um, you know, and, and so that was that was an advantage, but it is very different, obviously. Yeah. No, you I mean you have to you have to realize that the audience is going to be listening and they they cannot see where the the actors are, so you have to sort of do sometimes these sort of info dumpy moments where you're like, oh. Oh, look at this lovely room. Oh, there's five windows. Oh, one of them is open. <laughs> you know, you, and sometimes you get very lucky like we did with with our actors, specifically uh Leia De Leon Hayes who is our new young slayer Indira. She had to, she's incredible and she had to do so many of those beats for us and she does them so seamlessly that you do not know you are in the process of being info dumped. <laughs> like she's that good. 
Um, so yeah, it's, it's very much thinking in terms of this is in someone's head, but it's not a book. So they're not getting all of the, like, you know, um, you know, pieces of information that you get in context. And yeah, it's, it's, it is a very different medium for sure. So this Buffyverse, did you always know that this was going to be made into an audible or did, did you discuss other forms that would be turned into or you knew this is what it was going to be? Yeah. I mean, this was, this was the intention. It, it, basically the short version is that um, I had been working with uh, uh, Lydia Shama, who was our exec on this at Audible um, elsewhere before she came to Audible. And when she went to Audible, I was talking to her about projects and she mentioned that they had the rights to do this. And immediately I was like, well, clearly Amber <laughs> Benson and I need to be the people <laughs> to do that. And, and while that was mm -hmm. self-serving in many ways for, for both of us wanting to do it, it was also just reality. And I've said this over and over and over again, and I think that Audible understand it now that it's actually true, that this thing would not have happened were it not for Amber, because these cast members would not have said yes. You know, most of them, some of them might have, but most of them would <laughs> not have said yes. I feel like Jimmy Leary would have gone on any journey with us because he, yes. he just is like the best. He's like adventure. We're going on an adventure. Okay, yeah. whatever. I'll do it. You want me to bark like a dog and drink grape right. soda? I'll go with you. Right. Um, <laughs> no, I got my, I, I laugh and say my, my, my Rolodex out, but I got my, my contact list out and I was like, all right, I'm going to harass everybody. And literally like, this was like, even, this was in the very beginning, we were trying to figure out like who would be excited to come play with us. And I was making phone calls of, you know, I called charisma and I was like, Hey, we're doing this thing. This was three years ago. Would you be interested? And she's like, maybe keep me in the loop. And then I, I remember calling, you know, Emma Caulfield and Caulfield's like, okay, maybe we let, just let me know. And then once it dragged out, then I started getting phone calls back. Hey, uh, is that thing going to happen? That would be really, I'm going to do another project, but like, let me know. So I make sure not to block out that time, you know? So, you know, I think we knew ahead who we wanted to work with. We reached out to them and we were really lucky. Everybody that we wanted to work with, who I'm friendly with still years later and Chris is friendly with, agreed to come and play. And at least this is my next question. Um, <laughs> in Buffyverse, you have Cordelia as the vampire slayer <laughs> how did that come to be why and not another character not i don't know anya or even like drusilla in, in this buffy verse <laughs> drusilla the vampire slayer that <laughs> would be an interesting <laughs> so crazy <laughs> literally um <clears throat> i always found it fascinating that charisma was up to be buffy like she had originally auditioned it was in the mix the final mix to play buffy summers and I always thought, well, that would be such an interesting world, that meta-ness of, of like, what would the show be if, if it was Charisma, who was the vampire slayer? And so one of the things that I was really excited about when Chris and I first started talking about doing this was having her, having, having that reality happen. And the only way we could do that was to um, create an alternate world, which is how we ended up in this very kind of like, kind of meta alternate universe sort of world of slayers. But yeah, from the beginning, I knew I really wanted to see her. And I'd worked with her before um, on a film and she was so good. And I was like, she's underutilized in, in, in this Hollywood world. We need to show all these facets of her. She's such a good actor. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's part of the conversation we had, obviously, was, you know, there is the whole justice for Cordelia uh, element to it. That's something that uh, was important to us as well, um, that I, I personally, and I'm not speaking for anybody but myself, always felt like both the character and the actor got short shrift. Yeah. Um, and, and that was important to us. Um, but also it is this, this idea that, um, you know, on the one hand, we, we, we knew who would be fun to say like, okay, it would be like if you were putting a band together to go on tour, like yes. who would you actually want yes. to be on the bus with? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and so there was that element of it. But there was also just this um, this knowing that you look around at some of the things like that uh, um, that charisma has been cast in, and the word underutilized is is so correct because like you know she was great when she was on uh, um, what's the Kristen Bell show? Oh, um, uh, Veronica Mars. Veronica Mars. Yeah. You know she was. You know she shows up on Veronica Mars and she's great, but 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 there's so much more that she can do. And so we wanted to start, <laughs> start chipping away at that more. Yeah. Um, and I think we, we've begun. May I ask a follow-up to that? Um, I think Cordelia is a particular, a particularly great example of something that this show does really well, which is that it like shows characters who've like undergone huge transformations over like time. And because of like, the weird things that have happened to them. Um, but while still kind of like maintaining that core of like who they were yeah. when everything started. And so like when when as a writer, like how do you how do you maintain that core of the character while also kind of like stretching them, you know, beyond what's been written so far and also making them sound like authentically themselves, if that makes sense. I feel like the the authenticity came from you, Chris. Like you're you you know the show so well, and you know those characters so well. There there would be times I'd be like, "Can you make Tara sound more Tara like, please, Chris?" Because I'm I'm too like you're like when you're acting it, you're sort of too close to it. So I really do give give Chris the credit on these characters sounding as authentic as they do. Um, it was I really interesting. Yeah, sorry, Chris, you go on. <laughs> I was go just gonna say it was interesting with charisma because I think. She was she was nervous at first because this character was a little different. Um, in fact, Chris, if you want to talk about that, because I well, think she that... sort of pulled us aside mm-hmm. several times on her first day, very nervously saying, I don't know her. Like I don't, I don't know this character. Um, and and we were sort of trying to communicate to her, like, that is the point. Um, we this is not the Cordelia you knew. And she's like, Yeah, but it is. And, and, and we're like, it is and it isn't. And um, and yet, as much as she was concerned, she nailed it the second she started. I think she felt it. And I think once she started doing it, she got very comfortable with the idea of being the hero. And um, and we loved that. <laughs> and we had, you know, uh, she did. She she was uh, at one point, I feel like she uh, um, she was so used to sort of having the um, the punchlines. Uh, that that um she was like you know why don't i have more punchlines i'm like well you do but you also have this sort of kick ass and as far as the trying to make the characters 10 years later but also in a different universe and maybe they've had a different life look uh, and again like amber was on on the series and spent a lot of time with with the cast um and with the scripts i wrote 
I think, 13 Buffy the Vampire Slayer novels um, and a bunch of comics. And we wrote comics together in that world. I think that it's sort of like uh, if you if you grew up in America, but you lived a number of years in, in uh, the UK, you're like Gillian Anderson speaks with an English accent. And, and I think that uh, it's sort of like that in the sense that the accent never leaves you. So, so you can write this new version of Cordelia, like who this new character is, but the accent of who she always was is still there, if that makes yeah. sense. I actually wanted to kind of delve into um, the new addition uh, to the Slayerverse, Indira. I adore her. I have to say, we, we talk about, you know, just different like alternate realities and, you know, things being meta. There's nothing more meta than a Slayers fangirl becoming a Slayer. <laughs> and <laughs> when you talk about her info dumping, like, I, I think like Jen and I, we kind of talked like, this is her special interest. Like she's like, Slayers <laughs> are her special interest. Yeah. <laughs> and she's a Slayer. So what's she going to do when she finds out <laughs> during breakfast, she's just going to go out there and kick butt and try to find a whopper. That just sounds <laughs> so real. Yes. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, th th we loved the character and we love Leia so much. Um, but, but again, but the character is like um, partly practical and we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about that. It, it's practical because as Amber said, you needed those info dumps, but on the other hand, it's sort of like, well, what would it really be like if it was a world where there were thousands of young women who were slayers? Certainly there would be, young women who would love to be a slayer <laughs> right and it'd be like oh my god i wish i was like that and then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you are um you know it just it was just so much fun and watching leia oh, and the best thing amber so I'll, I'll let you you know but but when uh i always say this the first day and neither one of them has a problem i don't think with us talking about it James Marsters and James Leary were in the studio and Leia, that was day one, the three of them together. And as soon as Leia started, you saw James and James both sort of stand up a little straighter. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. We're not here. We're just, we're here for real now. This isn't just to play like, cause she's so good. Not that they're, they're amazing, but I, you saw them like brighten up, like, okay. I think they thought, well, we're, we'll, uh, She's here to learn from us. You know what I mean? Uh, it was great. So good. Yeah. She's a BAFTA award-winning voice artist. She is uber talented and so sweet and kind and good-hearted. Feet on the ground. Yep. She's just, I think she's going to be a major Super star. grounded. Yep. Uh, we were so lucky to have her and, you know, hopefully we'll get to do more and we'll, we'll have more fun with Indira and with Leia. We're, we're, yes. we've got everything crossed. Yes. I always thought actually that like her past experience in Ragnarok, like really set her up for like audio fights, you know, having to go like. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's really funny. Our, um, so, so Chris and I wrote, wrote this and then co-directed it together, but we also had another co-director on board, Casey Wayland, who's also our producer. And he put together all of those incredible posts, like everything you're hearing that is not a voice that is Casey. He's, he's, he and his team just kicked butt. It's, it's an incredible, just like, just genius, um, post post-production, like work that they, that they did. Um, but 
when we were casting, he was like, oh, um, we should we should we should have Leia de Leon Hayes play Indira. And the way he was talking about her, I just assumed that like they'd worked together before and that this was someone he knew. And so then when we started like, you know, reaching out and she was interested, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, it's just like when I call like, you know, James Marsters. I'm like, hey, you want to come, you know, <laughs> well, it turns out Casey had never worked with her before. He just played the game and thought she would be great. I felt like such a ding dong, but um, <clears throat> we we just got super lucky. Like she doesn't know any of us. She just agreed to come and play. I it, we all thought based on the conversations with Casey, yeah, we, we all thought that he had worked with her before. And when they were reaching out to her to cast, they were also like, "Oh, it's and, and it's with Casey Wayland," and <laughs> and she was like. Okay, like whatever. That, you know. <laughs> no, and, we talked uh, to her on Zoom for the first meeting we had with her, and we were talking. Like, and and I was like, "Oh, she doesn't know Casey." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But so yeah, we were we were super lucky to get her, and um, uh, and the beautiful part about it was that she just fit right in because you know, and and that was the that's a crapshoot too, you know, because. Look, we knew who we were, we were casting for the other roles, right? Everybody was a known quantity, um, and uh, but everybody wanted to be there, and it was very important for us to create an environment where, um, you know, I'm such a, 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 I can't think of the word. I'm such an optimist, I guess is the word, <laughs> because You're like cockeyed optimist, Chris. Well, no, but like my. My my feeling about stuff like this is literally like I'm Kermit and and uh, and Fozzie in the original Muppet movie. Like, let's put on a show, yeah. and and I so want everybody true. to be happy and sing the Rainbow Connection at the end. Okay, <laughs> and uh, and and but it's it's always it's a crapshoot, and um and it was great, and Leia just was immediately uh, embraced and and embracing, and and um it was it was wonderful. I have to say really quickly, because this is kind of something that I love just about the resurgence of this type of um, media, you know, all these audible shows, it just calls back to radio dramas mm -hmm. from, you know, a long, a long time ago. Do they, is Foley artist still the word for people who make like the sound? Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Definitely. I mean, they're, they're, they do, they do, you know, the audio stuff, but they also like film and TV. It's all kind of the same in the same world for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and and you know, I would say I'm not sure. It, it probably is the term, even if you're using computer generated sounds, but uh, but uh, but I know that that wasn't all because Casey definitely had various things come in. He had he had two or three different dogs that he auditioned for Jasper. Oh, nice. Jasper! <laughs> um, one of which was his dog, which which didn't work out. But yeah, I mean, uh, and and again. Which isn't to say, by the way, that he wasn't just as involved in in directing the actors as Amber and I were. He definitely was. Yeah. Uh, in fact, when it came to the action stuff, um, he was like the maestro. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah. But... You go. Now you go. You take a punch. Hit. Yeah. <laughs> and there's video of Leia because she doesn't know how to throw a punch at all. When she's recording it, she's like. Eh, eh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's so great. Yeah. You guys are being very polite. I appreciate it. even like I, a hand, a hand went up. 
and you started you started off with colonoscopies. We yeah, no, we're like all <laughs> I, I threw you oh, off. Man. Sorry. <laughs> Listen, I will tell you that having known Amber as long as I have, that's like the tamest thing she could have brought up. So <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> so, uh, since we are talking about, you know, um, the team effort, um, could you talk a little bit about like how the supporting cast came together too? Because there's some really great folks in there as well, including someone else who's been on this show, Juno yes, Dawson. Juno Dawson. Like when we Juno is fabulous, mm-hmm. fabulous. What an incredible like performance. Juno killed it. Yeah. And Juno, along with um, Danny Strong, and uh and tony head and um and fina they were all not with us for the main record because they were in other parts of the world so juno i think was in came to a studio in london tony was was in the uk uh, fina was in the uk and danny strong was in new york so they were doing work on their own not with other performers all of them were, were kind of doing the, except for tony who did get to come in and we had him up on the big screen and he was recording in the UK with our, while everybody else is in LA. Yeah. 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 The um, stuff with Fina he recorded mm-hmm. in a, in a bottle, right. The, the two of them. And then uh, he did come in on the big screen and everybody was so happy and teary eyed. I know. But the fact that Juno's performance is so incredible and Juno did that without you know, I think I I was reading some of the other stuff, and that you know there there was no like crew of 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 cadre of other actors performing that that Juno was working off of. So the fact that that performance is as strong as it is is a testament to to Juno's work and and dedication. Um, and then you know we have Julia Cho who plays um, um, Ms. My Bang. Is not Ms. Bang, uh, who was originally Mr. Bang, and then I I know Julia. Um, from from working in LA, we, we'd have a lot of uh, crossover. We were in like a a writers group together, where actors would come and perform what what had been written. And I was just like, I I want to see the world that I live in, which is a very diverse world. And I feel like that was something that the original Buffy was was a little not not up to snuff. And that that's very you know it's of that time. You look at those late nineties, early two thousand shows, and there's just not the diversity. Um, the fact that the LGBTQ plus stuff happened on Buffy is kind of incredible and, and very like forward thinking for, for, for the time. Um, but with us for Slayers, we very much wanted to make this a diverse world. And so we have these incredible performers who came in and just killed it. Yeah. Fantastic. We also, if we're talking about the, you know, the supporting cast, uh, we should mention yeah. three people who were there yeah for very specific reasons um uh one one of the uh one of the um voice actors background actors uh is our friend Ali Costa who is the uh woman who introduced us um all those years ago 24 years ago i think now amber um and yeah and uh and because he was doing amber's website and she was doing my website i think she was 16 at the time yeah uh, and I was coming out to LA and she's the one who, who set up uh, our first meeting, which was great. And so she's a voice actor and there. She is an actor and a playwright uh, in her yeah. own right in LA and she's terrifically talented. Um, and then uh, our friend Jasmine Hyde, who was the star yeah. of Ghosts of Albion all those years ago, uh, plays Althania um, and, and 
ripped our hearts out. Oh my and, God. Her screams yeah. are chilling. Oh my God. I wow. thought she was actually being murdered in the studio. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she was another one who was doing that all on her own. She was uh, alone in a studio in London. Yeah, well, that's, I just like, we were, <laughs> we were on Zoom and she's re- recording that and we could see her. And how <laughs> how do you go from just, ch- you know, being chipper, having yeah. a little a little chat with your old friends and then just like you're being murdered. Um, and then, uh, and then our friend Je- Jessica Gardner uh, uh, came in as Amy Madison and absolutely, I was going to say slayed it, uh, but I don't want <laughs> that. Uh, absolutely killed it. She was amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, it was so funny because she was almost offended, I think, because after she finished, I said, Jess, that was, that was incredible. Like that was really amazing. And yeah. she looked at me, she was like, I'm an actor. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had all, we had all this stuff ready for her. Like all the, you know, listen to this. And, and she had totally already done all the homework and was ahead of us. Yeah. She's so good in it. And I just, yeah, I'm so, I'm so happy that we got to work with people that we love, you know, um, having Jimmy Leary on board. I mean, Jim, Jimmy or James, I call him Jimmy because he was Jimmy when I met him, but he's, he's, Jane, you know, he's, he's a dad of like two grown sons. He's not Jimmy. He's James. Um, <laughs> you know, I got to be pay, pay my respects. Um, but having James on board and, and just having Clem come back, I think we needed him. Number one. I know he, he probably feels like we were doing him a favor, but I feel like he was doing us a favor. Cause that like, having that character in those, those really stressful moments to come in and just like make, make fun and make it light. It it relieves the tension and it allows us to move forward. And without that, I don't think the show would have worked. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the, the character and his performance of the character, um, without that ingredient, the yeah. show would be completely different. Yeah. You know, because not only is he ridiculously funny, but the character is just so damn lovable. Yep. You know, and um, second best friend. <laughs> yeah. 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 So that's so. So, yeah, I mean, he's he was invaluable to us. I want to just talk a little bit about um, Emma Caulfield and Anya and also Julia. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like, my gosh. <laughs> so incredible. Both of them. Oh, my gosh. Anya is <laughs> one of my favorite Buffy characters ever. Um, and I always like, I like, I definitely feel justice for Cordelia. Absolutely. And also Anya too, yeah. you know, both, <clears throat> both characters um, just, I, I, they had so much and I felt like they just deserved so much better in so many ways. So um, having Anya come back, and I don't want to give anything away, but the way that you had her come back was so, so good. Um, how how did you kind of conceive of how Drusilla would be in this situation and how Anya would be in this world? I mean, I just want to say that both of them are incredible. I mean, you walk into into a room to record with Juliet and she is 150% focused and ready and she is Drusilla. And in fact, 
she knows that character and the show so well that she gave us some notes on she's like well actually the character there were notes on things that and it was i mean amazing to have to have that yeah. commitment. I mean, she added flourishes and dialogue yep. bits you yep. know which were yep invaluable and then, yeah and then emma i mean emma's a screwball comedian she's like carol lombard like i I do not know why she is not just like starring in, in rom-com after rom-com. Cause she's so good in that, that, that uh, film timer. Like yeah. that is what sh- she's so funny and charming and, and Anya like, um, and I just, any, any chance to make her do ridiculous things <laughs> is really what we live for. Like you're going to be you, you're going to, or Anya, you're going to be Anyanka and you're going to be a puppy dog uh, <laughs> all in the same scene. Have at it. Um, <laughs> she's incredible both of them um but i think what was fun was um to have them be not the anya and drusilla that we know from old school buffy i think that was sort of your conceit originally chris was the 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 juliet of it Hmm. well yeah i mean having her be the queen of vampires um you know having her be the big bad Mm -hmm. uh, and then, you know, having Tara uh, come in, we, we don't want to, you know, do too much spoilers. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, having all of that happen. And again, also, Amber, you know, we, we you always talk around this so beautifully. But, you know, uh, Emma did <clears throat> what Emma did, but you did the same thing. I you did have some some acting with three myself. different versions of Tara, acting all, all of which you had to deliver. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, And again, like, you know, I think we had conversations like, do you want to record these voices separately? And Emma and and Amber both were like, no, 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 we're just going to go. We're just going to, you know, play it. It's like, oh, so you're playing a scene against yourself and all that. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that was the that was the idea from the beginning. But as far as thinking about the world you know, again, it was important to envision mm-hmm. what this world would have been um, when there was no Buffy Summers. Um, none, nobody in that world has ever even heard of Buffy Summers. Um, it doesn't mean she doesn't exist in that world, but she definitely was not the Slayer. Um, and, you know, what what was that world like? You know, what was different about it? So, yeah. That's why we need to do like 10 more seasons because we've only begun to scratch the surface. Yes. Oh my gosh. So many, so many more stories that like this opens up, you know, the world for. Um, I've seen in some other pieces that you've mentioned folks, you know, who you would love to bring back. Um, in some interviews I saw you mention both um Seth Green as Oz and uh Claire Kramer as Glory, who's like maybe my favorite big bad. She's so oh, she's <laughs> and like, do you have any more like bucket list like character slash uh actor friends who you'd love to work with again? Chris, is there anybody that you're like, I must I mean always. I mean, people I mean, obviously lots of people who have never were never on the show, but uh, but as far as people who um who were on the show, um Unfortunately, several of them are no longer with us, which makes me incredibly sad. Uh, Robin Sachs, who played Ethan Rain, was a wonderful guy, a friend, incredibly talented. And of course, Andy Hallett. Um, uh, but, you know, there there's a long <clears throat> list. I mean, we'd love to get David Boreanaz on. Um, that would be fun. And we already said Seth. And I mean, I 
you know, there was there was an episode, um, a completely ridiculous episode of the original series uh, uh, with the, these redneck vampires called the Gorch Brothers. Um, and there's something remarkably stupid about that. And so I'd love to get the Gorch family in somehow. <laughs> um oh, what about you amber i've got to think about it i mean i pedro pascal <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean he was he was in the original he was in an episode yeah he can come back we get amy adams and pedro you know, amy like, adams and pedro pascal front, yes just front load it with just some, cameos you know, that's fine. cameos um uh well what actually was when you brought up seth what was really funny is we were, we were recording and what was really, really neat was the synergy of having everybody in studio together, like on separate mics, but like in the same room, looking at each other while we were doing these scenes. I think that is a big part of why it feels so organic and it works so well is that 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 synergy. But we were recording one day in this studio and someone was like, oh, Seth is coming in to record something else in one of the other session rooms. So we got to see Seth. He's like, wait, what is happening in here? <laughs> it was so nice. He came in and, and it was just lovely to see him. Um, so he was like, yeah, let me know when you're doing more. So it would be really fun to have him. He's such a sweetheart. Truly one of the funniest humans I've ever met. So nice. There is also the possibility of a of a major cameo, but we can't talk about yeah. it. Not somebody from the show. So Still. if we if we go forward into a second season, we'll come back later, and if it oh happens, we'll tell you all about it. Oh that, I was about to say this has to be like our teased thing of yes. this episode. Every time, every time I'm on, we we, we begin we, with colonoscopy and we start to go <laughs> for that good. Well, all I will say is this would blow <laughs> blow your mind. That good. <laughs> this one would blow your minds, but we'll see. Oh my gosh, that's great! So yeah, we'll see you in. Um, 27 months, you know, to talk about <laughs> I also think if we do a second season, mm -hmm. I'm going to write myself apart. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have we, we never got you in doing another voice. I mean, I we got we got sure. Casey in there. Casey, our, our co-producer, director, um, Casey is Mr. Pickles. Oh. So all of the, all of the, the, all the, of the, the chitter chatter. Yeah, that's Casey. <laughs> I was like, Casey. He really does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ridiculous. What a well, weird. It was so funny because he was like, <laughs> he was trying to find actual audio effects. And um, and he said, well, I'm just going to do it like just to sort of lay it down so it's uh -huh. there. It's like a placeholder. <laughs> and he started doing it. And we were like, no, that's not a placeholder. You're keeping that. That's that's ridiculous. And, and it was so funny because I tend to, I tend to be serious about it. And uh, and then certain things happen that are absurd. Like when, as soon as Emma started doing the dog, <laughs> my initial response was, no, no, that's too absurd. We can't do that. And then I paused and I was like, no, we have to do that. It's so absurd. It, uh, just like, it was lovely. <laughs> Before you had mentioned, um, you would like to have, um, if possible, Damon Morgan is on the show. So kind of <laughs> this. I feel like you're blushing even asking this question. <laughs> you have to fan Natalie off. Yeah. <laughs> James Marsters wasn't enough for you. <laughs> First of all, he's he's just so great. It's, it's oh, so good. Good. I mean, we did we didn't talk about how wonderful James is, and James was sick. 
Wow. He was sick and he still showed up. We put him in a little room, little glass room right off the main room so he could see everybody. But he was kind of removed because he was sick. And he just like, he was like, even if I have to come back and record some stuff because it's, you know, I'm sick, whatever. We ended up recording like two things, like very, very minimal. He was yeah. such a trooper. But when he, but he wanted really- to give everybody the performance so they yep. could play off of it. And and the performance was amazing. You know, you're just sitting there and this incredibly sexy voice is coming over the. <laughs> no, it was really funny. Our um, Lydia and Meg from Audible UK were there for the record. And uh, when he started recording the like opening voiceover stuff, his film noir voice came out and it was like, oh, everyone's getting very uh, uh, red faced in the in the studio listening to this. Yeah, in the booth. <laughs> Lydia and Meg turned into 13-year-old girls at that point. <laughs> anyway, sorry, back to David. We could yes, yes. on about James forever. James James is like uh um it's literally like if you're if you're going to have I hate to use the word weapons in a case like this, but if you're gonna have an arsenal like that, it's like James is the uh the Swiss army knife. You know, like he he can do anything. Yeah. Uh, and that's what is amazing. You know, like what he can modulate to to accomplish whatever you need. He's so freaking talented. Anyway. And he and Juliet together. Holy. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. And that's talk about turning the heat up. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> All you need is there is them saying each other's character names and that's it. You're so, OK, we're going to all leave now. Um <laughs> <laughs> Buffy or Spike or Buffy and Angel? Oh, do do Chris is gonna get in trouble. <laughs> oh, get in trouble because listen, I can give you the simple answer and I give you the complicated answer. You go first, Amber. Um, I don't know. Um, I just uh hung out with Mark Lucas in Paris at a convention, which is why I have a cold from being on the plane. Um, but he's so lovely. I was like. I'm rethinking the Riley thing. What a, what a lovely human! Such a nice dude. He and his and his family—they're so kind and so sweet. So, you know. I mean, I guess for 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 Buffy, the Hallmark Christmas movie <laughs> would be great. Um, no offense to Mark Lucas; he's a great actor and he was perfect for that role. But the the part was, you know, <laughs> the, the future boyfriend in the Hallmark Christmas movie. <laughs> Um, look, here's what I would say. I would say that um, uh, I'm going to piss off everybody right now. Um, <laughs> from, the, from, the, from the perspective of romance, clearly Angel. Clearly Angel. However, when he meets her, she's 16 years old and he's 200 and something. So let's just say right off the bat, that's a problem. Um, and, and then t- we're talking about Spike. I would say that Spike post getting his soul thumbs up prior to getting his soul he's a sociopathic rapist so yeah. let's just go with that so i would say much like look uh amber and i are both friends with charlene harris who wrote the amazing Sookie Stackhouse books there are 13 of them and at the end of the series spoilers all of her fans, there were like three or four different guys in that series that the fans were arguing over who Sookie should end up with. And at the end of the series, 
Sookie's like, you know what? <laughs> Screw all you guys. You're all selfish and none of you are really right for me. I choose myself. I'm going to go on and, and have my own life and, and, and have my own happiness and find somebody who will come to my happiness instead of having me have to change myself to be with them. And I think that should have been Buffy's ending as well. Thank you. That is what I always say. Everybody always gets mad at me when I'm just like, honestly, neither of them, like they both role and, you know, like she was always, uh, you know, not what they, you know, when she wasn't pining after somebody or there wasn't like that complication, she Mm -hmm. was always finding her strength. And that's not to say that she can't find her strength with a partner in the future, yeah. But I always got really frustrated because, you know, I'm not anti-romance. I am I am a 100% in all of my media. But with certain characters, sometimes romance doesn't necessarily play to their strengths. And, you know, I think maybe it was because she started as a 16-year-old mm-hmm. with a 200-year-old vampire. The vampire part being the less creepy part of those two things. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, Listen, no, I, I just feel like you're... you're um... Yeah. There is nothing wrong with saying Angel was the right guy at the right time. But that doesn't mean you need to end up with that guy. You know? The real answer is Buffy and 15 years of therapy. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I love that. That's great. Buffy and her therapist, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, but, you know, in like a therapist. In a professional professional capacity. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I love it. I used to always say Buffy and Faith, but the, oh. the the problem with Buffy and Faith is she's just as much of a psycho as the rest of them. So <laughs> yeah, she, she was a really good character, though. I will I will say great she character, a great great. great. Yeah. And Tara was a great character too. Yay. Justice for Tara. Thank you. Justice. Bye forever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bye. Hey, thanks, guys. You couldn't eat that night after that yeah. happened. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm very upset. Uh, yeah. Hard. Yes. This was this yeah. was awesome. Thank you, you so so much for this. Yes. Really great. This is amazing. Um, I got Audible just to listen to this. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. They love that. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that, Audible? More seasons. Yes. Yes. Yay. <laughs> yeah so uh check out um slayers a buffyverse story an audible original <laughs> librarian who may or may not be a watcher and yes. uh if you were here, <laughs> we have lots of buffy related um media and books mm-hmm. um including what was big bad was one that oh, we yes, really liked that recent. was fun yeah big yeah big like anything anything buffy is um Always great. And uh, thank you so much. Uh, oh, and Christopher, you and Amber, you both have your own books. Mm-hmm. Come into your library, talk to your watchers about your 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 other projects. And yeah, um, yeah this was great. So uh, this was Jessica with Sayasset Libraries Turn the Page. Pa- My gosh. <laughs> this is Jessica with Sayasset Libraries Turn the Page podcast. My co <laughs> today were Jen, goodbye. And Natalie, thank you. And we are going to close this chapter. It's time to close this chapter of Turn the Page. Join us for the next episode.